0: chapter nineteen of molly brown's sophomore days by nell speed this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by debbie r baker robinson how o'reilly's became queen's molly often looked back on that famous bitter monday as the most exciting day of her entire life surprises began in the morning when they learned for a fact that it was ten degrees below zero Barometers in a house always make the weather seem ten times worse. In the night, the water pipes had burst and flooded the kitchen floor, which by morning was covered with a layer of ice. On this, the unfortunate Mrs. Murphy, entering unawares, slipped and sprained her ankle. The gas was frozen, and neither the gas nor the coal range could be used that eventful morning. The girls prepared their own breakfast sun-chafing dishes, and wrapped in blankets, they shivered over the registers, up which rose a thin stream of heat that made but a feeble impression on the freezing atmosphere we do look something like a mass meeting of siberian exiles observed judy grimly looking about her in chapel a little later miss walker herself wore a long fur coat and a pair of arctic shoes and in the assembled company of students there appeared every variety of winter covering known to the civilized world apparently ulsters golf capes fur coats sweaters steamer rugs and shawls molly was numb with cold fur coats were the only garments warm enough that day and a blue sweater under a gray cloth jacket was as nothing against the frigid atmosphere bed's the only comfortable place to be in she whispered to judy and here we've got classes till twelve thirty and moving in the afternoon the trunks are going this morning oh heavens how i do dread it at least O'Reilly's couldn't be any colder than queen's is at present replied judy and there's a grate in the room i am to have we'll have a big coal fire and cheer things up considerably everything was done on the run that day groups of girls could be seen tearing from one building to another they dashed through corridors like wild ponies and rushed up and down stairs as if the foul fiends were chasing them the weather was like a famous invalid rapidly sinking They frequently took his temperature and cried to one another. It's gone down two degrees. The bulletin says it will be 15 by night. Oh, groaned Molly, thinking of her friends at that dismal O'Reilly's. Having half an hour to spare between classes, she went to the library where she met Nance. There were some letters for you, Molly. They came by the late mail. I saw them in the hall, Nance informed her. But Molly was not deeply interested in letters that morning never mind mail she said i can only think of two things how cold i am this minute and how uncomfortable you and judy are going to be for my sake don't think about it molly dear said nance we'll soon get adjusted at o'reilly's with you and we never would at queen's without you molly could not find her mail when she returned to queen's for lunch which had been prepared with much difficulty on several chafing dishes and a small charcoal brazier by mrs markham and the maid Nobody seemed to know anything about letters in the upset and half-frozen household until it was finally discovered that Mr. Murphy had taken Molly's mail down to O'Reilly's when he had moved the trunks. Having disposed of indifferently warmed canned soup and creamed bone chicken that was chilled to its heart, the three friends went down to the village. They looked at the rooms. They stood gazing pensively at their trunks. It seemed too cold to make the physical effort to unpack their clothes. Again, the fugitive letters had escaped Molly. Mr. Murphy, finding she was not to come down until afternoon, had kept them in his pocket and was at that moment at the station awaiting the 315 train. It's too cold to follow him, said Molly, never dreaming that Mr. Murphy was carrying about with him a letter which was to change the whole tenor of her life. I'm so homesick, she exclaimed. Let's go back to Queens for a while. And back they hastened. Somehow, they didn't know what to do with themselves in their new quarters. It seemed unnatural to sit down and chat in those strange rooms. As they neared the avenue, they noticed groups of girls ahead of them all running. The three friends began to run, too, beating their hands together to stir up the circulation. A bell was ringing violently. Its clang in the frosty air sounded harsh and unnatural. "'That's the fire bell!' cried Judy. They dashed into the avenue the campus was alive with students all running in the same direction it's queen's shrieked nance queen's is burning smoke was pouring from every window in the old brown house the lawn in front was filled with a jumbled mass of furniture and clothes margaret and Jessie appeared on the porch dragging a great bundle of their belongings tied up in a bedspread otoyo rushed from the house her arms filled with things mrs murphy seated in a big chair on the campus was rocking back and forth and moaning queens is gone nothing can save her the pipes is froze out of the front door edith williams now emerged quite calmly with an armload of books edith cried "Catherine, who had run at full speed all the way from the quadrangle why didn't you bring our clothes for an answer her sister pointed at a pile of things on the ground i made two trips she replied all this the girls heard as in a dream as they stood in a shivering row on the campus. Old Brown Queens was about to be reduced to ashes and cinders. No need to summon the fire brigade or call in the volunteer fire department from the village, although this organization presently came dashing up with a small engine. Flames were already licking their way hungrily along the lower story of the house and the slight stream of water from the engine hose only seemed to rouse them to greater fury i'm only thankful it didn't happen at night they heard miss walker cry as she pushed her way through the throng of girls and you my dear child she continued laying a hand on molly's shoulder did you save your things molly started from her lethargy she was so cold and unhappy she had forgotten all about her belongings oh yes miss walker she answered you see we moved this morning wasn't it fortunate we repeated miss walker yes my two friends miss oldham and miss keene moved too they-well they wouldn't stay at queen's without me is it possible said the president and their trunks had gone down to the village dear dear what a remarkably providential thing and what devoted friends you seem to make miss brown she added patting molly's hand and then turning away to speak to professor green who had hurried up is everybody safe he asked breathlessly yes yes professor everybody's safe and everything has been done that could be done i am afraid some of the girls have lost a good many things but you will be glad to know that three of them had only this morning sent their trunks to rooms in the village miss brown and her two friends miss brown moving to the village molly looked up and caught the professor's glance turned searchingly on her i am going to live at o'reilly's she said and you are safe and your things are safe he asked her frowning so sternly that she felt she must have displeased him somehow i'm glad very glad he added turning abruptly away is there nothing i can do miss walker for answer she pointed to the volunteers from the village who had leaped away from the house the crowd swerved back there was a crackling sound a crash a great wave of heat swept across the campus and the front wall of queens fell in They had one fleeting view of the familiar rooms, and then a cloud of ashes and smoke choked the picture. It was not long before only the rear wall of old brown queens was left standing. Dust to dust and ashes to ashes, said Edith Williams solemnly. It did seem very much like a funeral to the crowd of queens girls who stood in a shivering, loyal row to the end. So much for queens, said Margaret Wakefield she's dead, and now what's to be done? It was decided that the girls should go to O'Reilly's for the time being, all other available quarters being about filled. If they preferred the post office, they could stay there, but they preferred O'Reilly's. And thither also went Mrs. Markham and the Murphys and the maids from Queen's. In a few short hours, it would seem, Queen's had been changed to O'Reilly's, or O'Reilly's to Queen's. It turned out, too, that Mrs. O'Reilly was nearly related to Mr. Murphy, and all things, therefore, worked together in harmony. O'Reilly seemed a place of warmth and comfort to the half-frozen girls who clustered around the big fire in Judy's room at five o'clock that afternoon, scalding their tongues with hot tea and coffee while they discussed their plans for the future. Mrs. Markham told me, announced Margaret, a recognized authority on all subjects, political, domestic, financial, and literary, that it would probably be arranged to make O'Reilly's into a college house for the rest of the winter. She said they might even do over the rooms. It would be a smaller household than Queen's, of course, only eight or nine, but it would be rather cozy, and there would be no breaking up of old ties. If this isn't approved, she continued, exactly as if she were addressing a class meeting, we shall have to scatter. There's another apartment in the quadrangle and there are a few singletons left in some of the campus houses. Now girls, her voice took on an oratorical ring. Of course, I know that we are nearly 15 minutes walk by the shortcut from the college and that we may not be in things as much, but the best part of college we have here at O'Reilly's and that's ourselves. I move that we change O'Reilly's into Queen's and make the best of it for the rest of the winter hurrah i second the motion cried catherine williams all those in favor of this motion will please say aye said the president aye burst from the throats of the eight friends a toyo shrill high note sounding with the others hurrah for our president cried molly dancing around the room in an excess of happiness unitas et concordia said edith gravely It's really Molly that's transformed O'Reilly's into Queen's, continued Margaret, who had a generous, big way of saying things when she chose. It's Molly who has kept us all together. With Molly and Nance and Judy gone, Queen's would have been a different place. It would! It would! they cried. Three cheers for Molly Brown. Here's to Molly Brown. Drink her down. Here's to dear old Queen's. Drink her down. Through the din of singing and cheering, there came a loud knocking at the door, and a voice cried, open in the name of the law then the door was thrust open and sally marks marched in flourishing a hot water bag in one hand and a thermos bottle in the other well she exclaimed you're the most cheerful lot of refugees i ever saw i came down expecting to find eight frozen corpses stretched on the shining strand and here you are singing hilarious songs and yelling like a lot of comanche indians what are you bringing us sally demanded judy i'm bringing you myself said sally i've arranged to come down here they shelved me with a lot of freshies at martin's and i said i'd rather be at o'reilly's with the old guard so mr murphy brought me down with two sheet loads of my things and some beds from the hospital and here i am hurrah they cried again joining hands and dancing in a circle around sally here's to good old sally drink her down drink her down drink her down drink her down after this wild outburst of joy over the return of another wanderer to the fold sally began to remove her outer wrappings i feel like an egyptian mummy she remarked as she skinned off two long coats and unwound several scarves you look like a powder pigeon said judy what have you got stuffed in there mail said sally unbuttoning another jacket mail for queens mr murphy gave it to me when he came to get my things and by the way she added I saved my rocking chair and sat in it as I drove down to the village. Wasn't it beautiful? I suppose I'll be lampooned now as Sally the immigrant, but it was too cold to care much. I was only thankful I had taken the precaution to fill the hot water bag and the thermos bottle before I started on the drive. End of chapter 19